Well, good afternoon, friends, and welcome once again to our podcast here at St. Andrew's Community Church. We are a global Methodist church with a mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you're watching this live, thank you for tuning in. It is our hope. It's always our hope. Every week, hope. it is our hope. Oh, wow, I wasn't even picking up on that, but there it is right there. <laughs> Name of the day is hope. Uh, that If you have questions, you're going to ask the questions because we would rather spend time responding to your questions. Uh, sometimes we may have to say, yeah, hey, yeah, we're gonna have to get back to you on that, but uh, we want to scratch your itch. So, uh, with us in studio today, uh, I am D.A. Bennett, lead pastor here at St. Andrews, and to my left is me. <laughs> I'm Bonnie Coates. I am an associate pastor here on staff, and also the interim children's director. I'm sorry. I, see, I have this, you prepared. I, I have this this thing because you have this hope. Sunday, no, it was a thing. Sunday, <laughs> we had a great just experience and it, with the animals and the train. And if you were here, you got to see all that. But a guy said, now, uh, Bonnie or Bunny, what, what's her name? And so now I, I want to call you Pastor Bunny. I just. <laughs> I would take it. I, I, don't, I don't hate that. That's so, <laughs> but yes, this is Bonnie. I'm Bonnie. And, and next to Bonnie is. Josh. Josh. I'm married to one third of, of the trio here. I'm going to let you guess that it's Bonnie. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave people guessing on that one. Be and today very we're clear. joined by Batman and Robin because we're talking hope and peace. The Dark Knight and the Boy Wanderer. And for Gotham City, they fought for peace and it gave the citizens of Gotham hope. Yeah, so, unlike Superman who was truth, justice, and the American way. Right, so, right. So hope excellent. and peace. Um, that, that's a stretch a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest, I was walking out of my office down here for the podcast when I realized I hadn't grabbed a bobblehead yet. So it was a last second, what do I do? Okay, let's go with So, that. So a bobblehead you need to put on your to-do list would be Hope Solo. The women's soccer player. So I thought about I thought about that. I thought about bringing Han Solo because I have <laughs> 20, 20 Star Wars ones, and I thought about bringing him and then making that reference. But I felt like that. Well, was, he did make the Kessel Run. What twelve? I felt like that was even more of a stretch than what I went with. There we go. And, and of course, the guy keeping us online when we get out of line. The guy filtering your questions when you send them. Jeff Smith, Jeff, how are you doing this fine afternoon? I'm doing fantastic. Got me a sandwich already in, and uh, yeah, get this podcast knocked out and go take a nap. And you ate your sandwich, but I still see your jalapeno chips from Miss Vicky's over there. Yes, yes. Good def call. Definitely got to have the jalapeno chips. Good call. I would say you are jalapeno his business. <laughs> what? She's trying to say I'm all up in his business is what she was trying to say. Make as much sense. Jalapeno's business. <laughs> El jefe. You lost me there. I was I was with you, Bunny, all the way. <laughs> I'm glad you were with her because I had no clue what was going on. It, well, it was supposed to be jalapeno, like all up in your business instead of I was like, oh, wait, I, I can't say it because it's his business. I got it. <laughs> So, okay, friends, well, to the serious matters for which you tune in, we are, uh, we started the first week of Advent and yeah, I will confess when I look at the Advent wreath and the Advent book and the Advent candles, mm -hmm. and we always know it's going to be hope, peace, joy, love. I think it's a different order for everybody because I did preschool chapel this morning and their second week was love. Our second week is peace. So we're going to cover them all in whatever order they just happen to come yeah, up. I had to reorder the youth Sunday school curriculum uh, so that it would match up with our, our booklet because the order they had it in was different. 
Yeah, and and I've even I don't know that there is an official order. Like I feel like there should be, but I've I've actually because I've wondered. Yeah. I'm like I don't I don't know. I don't know what the order should be. And yeah. uh, it seems like generally the order that we're going with is generally the order, but not everyone follows it. If you had asked me, hope is always first. Yeah. That part we know. It's you know I would have thought that like joy was next and peace was third. That's you know, but it it doesn't matter. We're gonna cover them well, all. I, I put the Advent study together this year, so you didn't even that, really. <laughs> that's why we're going with your study. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. You didn't. Uh, you didn't get to decide what the order was. Because exactly, <laughs> and I'm okay with that because now I can blame you if anybody calls in. I yeah. always thought that it was love. It, love is always third, so hope is always first. Love is always third because love is the pink candle. Because on an Advent wreath, you have, well, sometimes you do. You don't always have a pink candle. But there are usually three either blue or purple um, candles for three of the four weeks of Advent. And then the there's a third candle that is uh, pink. And so in my, like, I've always, like, that's love. Pink is the love But I don't candle. think that is the love candle. Okay. Well, I thought it was a peace candle. I think it's the peace candle. But... Or maybe, Anyhow, I don't know. As you can see, we have no <laughs> we clue. We have no idea. We have no idea. So if we you are do, not purists, leave a comment to educate us because we're ignorant. There we go. <laughs> and, and I will tell you that one year I could not find a pink candle, so I bought yeah. four purple because uh -huh. that is an alternate expression. It is. Spray paint. And we had a staff person that just absolutely was upset that we have to have a pink candle. Yeah. And if I can find a pink candle, will we use the pink one instead of the purple one? And I... Not an issue for me. You find a pink one, we'll put the pink one in. But anyhow, <laughs> let's talk about hope. One of the things that um, we think of, and the reason that we do start off with hope, whatever the other order is, is because this time of year, liturgical purists would say, this is not Christmas. Preached at a, a startup church on Thursday night, and it was definitely an advent service we did not sing hark the herald angels sing like we started off with here we started off with let all mortal flesh keep silence and we went to O come O come emmanuel and we went to come thou long expected jesus it was all advent themes which is certainly appropriate because what we are expecting which again remain expectant is that jesus is going to return and technically advent while it's the end of our calendar year, it is the start of the Christian year. And so we start off the Christian year by talking about hope. And one of the things that, that I put in the sermon that, that I want y'all to respond to is I believe that hope ought to be a defining characteristic of people that follow Jesus. Yeah. And I say that in response to hopelessness. You know, if people have no hope, we'd tell them, you know, you should find your hope in Jesus. But, but what do y'all think about that? Have, have you ever noticed a, a fellow believer, maybe even someone you looked up to, and they just had no hope yes. whatsoever? I, I would respond with, if a follower of Christ doesn't have hope, then who does? Mm -hmm. it, our hope is in Jesus. Right. And apart from that, it is hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that as followers of Christ, we don't go through seasons of hopelessness, right? I think we all lose hope at times, or we struggle with it, or or whatever the case is. But if if the church, if followers of Christ don't have hope, 
then then who can have hope because our hope is in Christ. Right. And you know when I and and I think you're leading to a good point that we should address and that is it's not to say Christians are never looking at a situation and saying that's just kind of hopeless. Right. You know, sadly you we all know people who have been in a marriage and the marriage is disintegrated, it's falling apart. It doesn't mean people don't love Jesus, but there's a whole lot of other stuff going on and you're saying well, I, I remember a friend, a pastor, a friend of mine, early in ministry, he was going through a rough time. And, you know, I said, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And his response was, you better pray for a miracle. I mean, he was hopeless that his marriage was going to last, and it didn't. You know, they, they ended up getting divorced. So when I talk about hope as a defining characteristic, that's not indicating that we don't come up against situations that right. we think are, are hopeless. Yeah. So, but... For me, the the most obvious place to talk about this is when somebody dies. Mm-hmm. Um, that the scripture I use Sunday, First John chapter three, I think is in verse two, when it says, uh, "For we shall see him as he is." Those who have this hope purify themselves as Christ Himself is pure. So, our hope is in someone; it's not in something. And that challenges the core of our discipleship. I mean, when you think about what is it that people put their hope in in life, is Jesus the center of that? Do we really hope in Jesus for everything in our life? Or do we hope in Jesus just for salvation, but we hope in our hard work or our income or our opportunity and other things? Yeah, we put our hope in all kinds of stuff. And that's... um... That's, that's really easy to do. Um, I think our circumstances are so um, blinding in some instances. The things that you're going through in, in your daily life um, can really blind you to what is most important. Um, and so, um, I mean, even like this time of year, especially um, people, you know, it's the winter season, it's darker out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people who struggle with seasonal depression, this is a really difficult time of year. Right. This is a really difficult time of year for, for those who um, are grieving. Are grieving. Um, it's a really difficult time of year for those who are um, are hurting because you're supposed to feel joy. And it's like, well, what if I don't really feel joyful right now? And so that like it, there are lots of things can that can make a person feel hopeless um and to be reminded um that we have hope in a person that it's not set in our circumstances um is is really important especially i think this time of year Mm -hmm. um because you you can't always guarantee that you're gonna have all of the money to buy all of the soup the presents that everybody wants right right? um you can't guarantee that your all your whole family is going to be able to get together um, you can't guarantee that your loved one is is gonna be there for you on on Christmas Day, but um, but you can guarantee um, that that God is gonna be with you always. You can rest assured um, that Jesus has accomplished everything that He has has had come to do. Um, so the the scripture I was looking at when I was thinking about hope is the the Hebrews six nineteen through twenty scripture where it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. Um, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Um, and so that's like a lot of 
happy language to say that we have we have hope in Jesus, and it's right. like an anchor because it holds us steady when like when there's wind and waves and crazy circumstances, and we have that hope because Jesus has already gone before us. Right, like He's already been ahead, and He after him and so that that's where our, our hope comes from is because we see um, what he's already done and if we hold on to that hope instead of our circumstances um, then we can be secure so, so I'm listening to you and I'm trying to form a thought and okay. that's I Sorry, can't I'm multitask that well no 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 <laughs> I, I I saw that you were getting that I almost cracked a joke about it because that's yeah, what sorry. I do so let's let's think about uh, Jesus is our hope we're very clear that was yes. the whole emphasis of Sunday but the question is that's going through my mind, what leads people to hopelessness in this time? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, physically, we can understand. Daylight is shorter, yeah. night is longer. That's kind of a depressive yeah. kind of thing. Uh, we withdraw because we have, I think, what's called hibernation effect, mm -hmm. that that's one of the reasons people tend to eat more in winter is, you know, like a bear, you know, we're, we're getting hibernate. we're getting our fat to hibernate. Um, and so I, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to think, what are the images culturally mm -hmm. that we see during this time of year? And if when, when I think of this, what I always think is there's always family. Yeah. There's always laughter. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always abundance. And that's not what everybody experiences. Well, and sometimes... We put our hope in the wrong things. Yeah. Exactly. And when we put our hope in the wrong things, we will d be disappointed 100% of the time. Um, and uh, Yeah, it, a, a worldly pleasure may give satisfaction well, and even, for a moment, but even, not— Even just in people. I mean, I think sometimes we find our, our hope in a, a political figure, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we got to vote for this person because yeah. he's he or she is our only hope, and— um, and then they get into office and we realize, okay, they may disagree with every political stance of the other person that was running, but really not much has changed. Right? Yeah. It, and yeah. so when, even in people, even in family members, a parent, uh, a child or whatever. Yeah. So it's not just circumstances, but even in people, we're going to be disappointed when we put our hope in things that were not intended to put our hope in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, uh, sometimes we don't realize that we're putting our hope in other people or in things. Um, the thing that I keep asking it, over and over is, how do we respond when we find ourselves in a season of hopelessness? And, and the two immediate responses that come to I was going to say, I hope you have an answer to yeah. this because I'm going to have to <laughs> yeah, think about you it. You guys haven't yeah. heard. You haven't been thinking about this question. <laughs> I have been. And, and I'm sure there may be a dozen different ways people respond. But the two, the two extremes that I thought of are giving up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You're hopeless in a marriage. You're hopeless in a situation. Yeah. In a job. In a relationship, and, yeah. in a job, and you just give up. Why care? Why try? I'm not even going to try anymore because what difference does it make? Yeah, which um, is worst case scenario. And the other, the other extreme is taking matters into your own hands. Mm -hmm. Is I'm, I'm hopeless. I don't trust that God is going to... Uh, show up in this situation, and so I'm going to start doing things in my own power to make my will be done because I don't have hope anymore that God's going to answer this prayer the way I want him to. Right. And so those are kind of the two extremes I think of is either taking matters into our own hands or just completely giving up and saying, I, there's, I just give up. 
So the, the, the second one, taking matters into my, my, my own hands, my response to that is whenever I take matters into my own hands, then I am no longer putting my hope in God. Right. Because what I'm doing is saying, God, you're not moving in my timeline or you're not moving, you know, in the way I want. So I'm going to take this back. Mm-hmm. And if, if Jesus is the object of my hope, boy, that's a, I, I'm, this is obviously exaggerated. That's a death sentence. Yeah, because my hope is in God, not just in this life, but in the life to come. And if I am taking my life out of his hands, then indeed that is when I find myself hopeless. And and relating this back to the church, I think when we look at the Great Commission, it's a daunting task. Mm -hmm. Right. Go make disciples of all nations. Um, That's our call. And I think because it's so daunting that at times throughout history, the church has lost hope in that. And we get the mindset of what difference does it make? Why do I need to go share Jesus with someone? Why do I need to go make a disciple? Um, And and as a church, we can lose hope because when you look at the world around us, it, it is a daunting task to think and just how fallen the world is that we're called to be a light and a salt and to share Jesus. And it feels like at times that it is it really making a difference. And yeah. so even the church at times can lose hope. And and I addressed that Sunday in the first service. I didn't have it in the second service because it wasn't actually in my sermon. One of those Holy Spirit moments, you know, say this kind of thing was, you know, I celebrate the fact that this year we worked and partnered with Sleep in Heavenly Peace. No child in my town sleeps on the floor tonight. And, and we were able to do, what was it, 52 beds, I think, that, that we constructed and paid for and bought bedding for. And that's going to be distributed this Saturday, Sunday, Saturday. There's a lot more than 52 children in yeah, Oklahoma yeah, City that right. don't have a bed. And, yeah. and part of the thought is, uh, what's the use? Mm-hmm. What's you the know. point of it? Yeah. What's and, the point yeah. if there's if there's three thousand kids without a bed and now fifty two of them are in a bed, did we really do anything? But for those fifty two kids, we changed their world. Right, and and that's the thing is, it was just a start. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't the entire package. And even if we did have three thousand children that didn't have beds, and you know, if you're listening, that's just a we're guess. just no, making we're not numbers up. We got no clue. Random number. The, the reality is that's this year, next year, how many are there going to be? Yeah. Because people fall on hard times. Parents lose their jobs. They get moved onto the streets, you know, fighting addictions or whatever. But my call is not to give up. My call is to continue to live and work in such a way that in following Jesus, I continue to do those things, whether it's the Great Commission or it's acts of mercy and compassion and justice. That's how we're called to live. Yeah. But back to the idea of hope, part of the thing is my hope is that when Jesus returns, the world's not going to be that way anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I really struggled in writing the sermon not to go back to the week before that I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, that there's going to be more to come, more that, that Jesus has planned. And that's why I, I love the idea. I, I used the quote. It wasn't in the, the uh, outline or the notes or anything, and it probably should have been because it was actually a better quote than what I said, talking about the town that was going to be flooded and everybody had to move out, and they just didn't fix their houses, and the whole town was just a dirty, 
rundown mess and somebody opined on that when there's no hope for the future there's no power in the present yeah mm-hmm. and that's what i think happens in our lives when we don't have a hope for something better we give up yeah but i think i think that it's more than that though like yes the ultimate hope is when Christ returns and makes all things new and better, mm-hmm. right? But there's also like we get to live into that hope because, um, you know, just looking at the the term evangelism, that that term came about because we're we're talking about the kingdom of God. Yeah, being the at good hand. news. Like the good news is that the kingdom of God is at hand, um, and as as people who believe in Christ, that's supposed to be what we're doing is we're bringing the kingdom of God into fruition here and now like we're right. supposed to live into that moment and yes we're sinful people yes like we are we're broken and and we're not going to be able to make everything perfect but we are supposed to live into that and we are supposed to be um reliant on the holy spirit to make those things happen here and now not just in, in eternity um, but trying to do what we can you know maybe it's just creating 52 bets. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, um, you know, trying to, to look at somebody who is, is really hopeless during this season and saying, Hey, I see you. How are you? Um, come and, and be a part of my Christmas celebration if you're going to be alone. Um, so like, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to walk into that kingdom living even now. So one so. of the things you're saying there, and this is yeah. a word we use a lot is I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, so if I meet somebody who's hopeless right now, yeah, you know, Part of my thought would be, you know, what is your hope in? Jesus ought to be the object of your hope. But let's establish this person as a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, they can confess the creed. He's coming back again. You know, we we believe that. But they still find themselves in a hopeless uh, place. I think it becomes a little bit empty Mm -hmm. if we just remind them this is what you're supposed to believe as a believer oh, gosh yeah what that's, we need to do that's hard is yeah. enter into relationship with them uh and not leave them alone not leave them yeah hopeless mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I that was deep because both of y'all are nodding and silent and agreeing with you <laughs> it was it was good i mean it, it, it is yeah. a lot of these things oftentimes go back to relationship yeah mm-hmm. we are more connected in society in 2023 than any other point in history, but more people feel alone than in any other point in history because mm-hmm. um, how many of us have those true, authentic, real connections yeah. and not just superficial, surface-level social media-type yeah. connections, mm-hmm. and especially among the youth. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, at the end of the day, so much of this relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the relationship we have with that child that didn't have a bed, that's going to have a bed. We don't know who they are. Our relationship with them is pretty limited, uh, but our call is to provide that. Mm -hmm. And it's not to provide one for everybody, but provide some and trust in the midst of that, that bed, that gift, the people that did it, that's not the object of their hope. Their, their hope for a better and life and more comfortable life is in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So and always pointing them back to like, this is, we do this because God sees you. God right. loves you. And it's like John the Baptist. Yeah. I mean, he was just constantly pointing people to Jesus. Yeah. I'm not the one. He is. Behold. Right over yeah. there. Yeah. The Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. So hope, Advent, Jesus is coming back. 
that's our hope. But, but what's the world going to be like when he comes back? And that's kind of what I'm wrestling with and stirring in my spirit about this week's emphasis on peace. The that prince when, of peace. When he brings his kingdom, it will be a peaceable kingdom. Now, I will be honest. I'm comfortable with some of the scriptural images of that. Mm-hmm. And some kind of make me freak out just a little bit. Because it says the lion, you know, the king of the beast, yeah. the carnivore will lie down with the lamb, the gentle anti-aggressive they will lie down together cool i like that the child will play over the hole of the poisonous snake does not really work for no, me no that's that you know we went when we went to um to um yellowstone this year there was an area that um people were standing by and they were like don't come over here there's a rattlesnake den over there and of course um Paisley, wow. our niece who who used to live with us who's um she went over and just because she's curious and i mean i was right there with her i was like i want to see a rattle i had my phone out and I had it like, down in the hole i want to see it i hope it's big so i don't have to get close um but Paisley, was right Paisley was like a little too close to it and the the rattlesnake came out and struck at her it obviously it didn't get her obviously but that's what i imagine (laughs) it was so cool i'm telling you i uh, might need to go change my pants after this it was tmida why why did i not hear this story before i mean it's awesome i agree it is awesome it was really cool um but yeah that's what i imagine i've never seen a rattlesnake in the wild before and that was my first time it was cool so anyway So we were the, talking. the biblical understanding of or peace. picture or yeah. image of peace, peace is like completeness and wholeness. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not just like necessarily associated with the absence of conflict. Uh, while that, when we talk about end times and we talk about the return of Christ, um, that's a part of it. But peace in our everyday lives, there isn't going to be an absence of conflict. Oh, we right. live in a fallen no, yeah. world. Conflict is all around us, and yet we can still be peaceful. We can right. still have peace. And so it doesn't, it's not just necessarily about the, like, if you can eliminate all the conflict in your life, then you can finally have peace. Um, It's, it's more than that. It's not just about the conflict, but it's about how we handle the conflict, where we put our trust, where we put our hope. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and that's connected to experiencing peace right now. Peace isn't just about, you know, sometime in the future. Yeah, and, and I you use the exact phrase I always use, that is, peace is not the absence of conflict. Yeah. That my heart can be at peace even in the midst of conflict. And I, I think one of the things that, that suggests is, so the way I handle conflict is different. It's, right. it's not about me trying to win. It's me trying to come to a point of peace in this. Yeah. And, and sometimes the way we do that is to say, you know what? We're just going to have to agree to disagree. I mean, there's something, even if it's a an essential point of our faith. Being in conflict with you is not going to convince you that I'm right and you're wrong. Right. Yeah. Even, even if I am right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Most of the time, I am. <laughs> Bonnie will tell you that. <laughs> um. So when we think of peace, and you brought up the term conflict, so that in my brain, like the opposite of conflict is. It's peace, but more than that, it's reconciliation. And so when you when right. I think of peace, I think of a world that is reconciled um, to God and to one another. Um, and I so, love it. Um, <laughs> and, and because my favorite Christmas song is "Hark the Herald Angels Sing," uh-huh. and that's what it says: uh, is 
got now I can't think of the lyric, but it, it uses the word reconcile, that we are reconciled to God. And I think that is the ultimate part of peace. Jesus is a prince of peace, did not come to do away with conflict. Mm-hmm. He came to reconcile us back with God. Yeah. Charles Wesley wrote that song, by the way. And it's, but it's not an inactive thing, necessarily. Right. Because in order to create reconciliation, you have to be a peacemaker. You have to create peace. Which, which again, is part of what I'm struggling with for Sunday. Yeah, of course. We, we don't often think about peacemaking. We think about peace-loving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyhow. Well, yes. we're, we're, we got a question, Jeff? Uh, we do. We had oh, one uh, wow. submitted earlier. Okay. Uh, so the question is, uh, we do things for Lent, uh, for the time of Easter. Is there mm-hmm. anything that we do as global Methodists for the season of Advent? So if I'm understanding question. the question correctly, it is a great question. Yeah. Uh, is during the season of Lent, it's a season of self-denial and self-examination. Mm-hmm. So we give something up to help us focus on the purpose of the season. I don't really know of a spiritual discipline that's taken on during the season of Advent. It's just a season of preparation. Yeah. I mean, we do things. It's like, you know, with uh, Project Noel that we're doing, providing food and gifts for families that are in need. Uh, some people have the... Uh, advent calendar that's a countdown mm-hmm. to christmas and uh you know god told me sunday according to my uh, advent calendar there's only three days left of christmas you know because it had chocolate and he was eating the chocolate <laughs> all the time as a, a common joke i don't know of anything uh, i like the um well i mean obviously it's not like a it's not one of those like traditional church um things that you have to do but I do like the concept of like the Jesse tree where you go through and you you go through like the line of Jesse that leads up to Jesus in leading up t- until Christmas time that, that was one of so, the things I wondered about I have never done Jesse tree I don't yeah. really even know that much about it but I wondered for some people if that might be a thing so that's I think that's really fun I also think you know especially with with kids, because I always think about kids. I think it's really fun to, to have um, birthday parties. Like, just have a like reminder that this is not just about us. We have a celebration because it's it's his birthday. It's it's well, not necessarily his actual birthday. Sorry, um, but but just probably to, around Easter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but just having having a you know putting it down with with the kids is like this is it's like a birthday party. We celebrate Jesus. Um, we give to others because Jesus gave to us. Um, and came for us. So um, I think that's fun. There are lots of fun little yeah. things that we do. Um, but again. Yeah, great yeah, question. Lent. If somebody is knows a different answer, please let us know. Yeah. So uh, good Sunday last Sunday. Bonnie, what do we got co- coming up this week? Okay, so I'm so excited that you asked that question, DA, because we have um, our Christmas program coming up at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Um, our kids and families have been working really, really, really hard um, to put together this program um, for everybody to remind everyone what the – the spirit of Christmas and, and what the point of Christmas is. It's called Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, and it's just really, really cute and really sweet. And there's going to, it's more traditional. There's going to be more traditional songs that they're singing. I think they're doing Away in a Manger and Silent Night. So if people want to so, sing along, yeah, they can absolutely sing. No, they'll get a little pre-
preview of it Sunday morning, Sunday morning yeah. 9 and 1030 services. They'll get a preview of what's to come Sunday night. So hopefully when you watch it, hopefully you come to watch it, it will remind you of what Christmas is all about. But also um, just once you get to, I would love for you guys to come and support the kids and families who have been working so hard. Um, if that's a way that you can give back is just to come and be a great audience. So. Very good. Well, friends, thank you again for tuning in with us. Uh, worship 9 and 1030 on Sunday mornings. We hope that you'll be on site because there's always a greater joy in the midst of that. But if you're unable to be there and you're worshiping with us online or even later on demand, we're grateful for that. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. God bless. Have a good weekend.